from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good podcast. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fight for Good podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley. We're coming to you from National Headquarters of the Salvation Army in the United States of America in Old Town, Alexandria, Virginia, on a very cold January 2021 afternoon. With me, as always, my right and left hand, our War Cry Editorial Director, Mr. Jeff McDonald. Dear Colonel Foley, so good to be with you. I do have a quick quote, if I may. I thought it'd be good to quote Abraham Lincoln, given our current um, political situation. He said, I care not much for a man's religion whose dog and cat are not the better for it. (laughs) Now, dear listeners, could you write in and let us know, give us a thumbs up or thumbs down on that, that quote. Uh, We love these quotes, sir. Oh, that, that was good. That was good. And again, those quotes are like a complete surprise. We don't hear in the pre-ramble. So I never know where you're going to go with it. We but can then, always edit it out. We can always, <laughs> exactly. Always out. Exactly. We can always edit it out. And that's why we want to say hello and greetings to our producer waving to us somewhere in her remote studio. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello there. And we hope you're doing well today. And thank you for all that you're doing behind the scenes for not only for Fight for Good, but for our sister podcast, Battle Line, and everything that you're doing with all of our social media stuff. It's great stuff. Thank you. And also, you've got you've got a brand new Christmas gift that a late arrival. Mm-hmm. So our faithful listeners, if you hear any kind of rustling and shuffling in the background, it's because of Elizabeth's Christmas gift, right? Jean jacket with pearls down the arms. <laughs> Woohoo! So, so you can hear a little. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so thank you, Elizabeth. Well, today uh, we're very, very excited, uh, as we always are, Jeff, aren't we? We're always excited about uh, these podcasts. Oh and- man, it's just it's a great opportunity to explore further what people are about and what their mission is. We're we're always glad that Elizabeth, you're able to arrange all kinds of new authors and different uh, Salvation Army celebrities and all kinds of other people uh, for our podcast. So thank you for arranging this today because we have one of our newest contributors and a Salvation Army celebrity to boot (laughs) with us today. But we're so, so glad that uh, um, we're, we're very, very glad that Major Ruth New is with us. Speak, you're calling in from Charlotte, North Carolina. And Major New, welcome to the Fight for Good podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, um, it's an honor to be here with you today sharing. So thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> for our listeners and the readers of The War Cry, uh, Major New has started contributing uh, on a regular basis for this next year, and hopefully, maybe it, it might even turn into another year. Uh, we can we'll we'll have to wait and see, but we have asked her to help us relaunch our 
our whole section that we're doing with uh, for our Spanish-speaking readers. Uh, through the pandemic, we found that the circulation of the war cry uh, has gotten out uh, in, in so many different food boxes and all over the place. Uh, we've instituted a prayer of salvation in Spanish language in that section, and we wanted to kind of change it a little bit. And, and so this podcast, we're going to focus on what's happening with that particular part of the war cry. But we also want you, our faithful listeners and our new listeners, to know a little bit about uh, Major Ruth New. Um, I had the privilege of meeting both uh, Major Ruth and her husband, Richard, uh, when I was on the faculty of a Bringle uh, Institute many moons ago in uh, Chicago over, over a couple of years. And um, I have followed their uh, journey of ministry and have been very excited how they have a very, very unique story in themselves of God's uh, miracle uh, working in their lives. But we're, we're just so glad that um, that major, you're a, a, a part of us now, uh, contributing afar while you're still conducting your ministry. Why don't you tell um, your, the our, our listeners today a little bit about your family background, and how you came to the Salvation Army, a little bit about your calling, who you are. Thank you. Yes. Um, uh, let me just say thank you again for this opportunity to be here and reach out to so many people there. Love the Army and love the Word, the Word of God. Um, and I'm just so honored to be able to um, extend um, a hand to the Spanish speakers in, in the country, Salvationists or not, um, to be able to read in your own language. That's a huge, uh, that's a huge asset to worship and read in your language. It's, uh, from personal experience, I can't attest to that. So this is, uh, this is a great opportunity. And also on a personal level, I've always wanted to write. And so um, I'm thankful to God and to uh, you all for, for this chance. But I was born in Cuba uh, some years ago. I'm not going to say how many. Um, at the, as a matter of fact, at the height of the communist regime in, in Cuba, uh, I was born and uh, was born to a family um, that had been attending the Salvation Army uh, for a few years. and. Um, as a matter of fact, my parents uh, were in a training college, um, I think, when I was born. Um, so, yes, I have um, some family heritage. My grandmother came to the Salvation Army uh, first, and she became a, a sergeant, a local sergeant at the Corps. And uh, so I was born into a Salvation Army home and raised. And um, it was just a challenge and a privilege to be a Christian in a communist country. It taught me a lot. And definitely made me the person that I am today and the kind of Christian I am today. Um, my parents were Salvation Army officers for many, many years. Uh, they served um, in different positions uh, until they became uh, divisional commanders for an inordinate amount of years, for about 12 years, I think, in Cuba. And um, then they retire and they, and they live in Florida. Uh, now, I have two brothers. They're also Salvation Army officers here in the Southern Territory. And um, so the whole family is kind of like a, a family family business, if you will call it. Um, so it was natural for me to come into the Salvation Army. And I always had a call. Like my two brothers, if I may speak for them, uh, their call came in a little bit later. But uh, mine, I was 10 years old when the Lord called me to service. I didn't know how that would look like because I was only 10. But uh, 
I set my heart aside for for that ministry, and I didn't concentrate on anything else but officership until I was able to attend a training college um, in Jamaica at the time. And so that has been kind of my uh, my journey in the Salvation Army. Later on, when I immigrated here to the United States, I was able to um, get back into officership, and uh, it's been in total about 22, 23 years. I think this summer will be 23 years of officership uh, in total. So I'm just so blessed to, to be able to be part of this great organization that got raised and they will continue to work um, in God's will for, yeah, in God's will for many years. So um, that's, that's pretty much it. Oh, that's great, Major. That sounds like a, a very interesting background. Um, and your current uh, appointment and how long have you been in it? We asked uh, many years ago to be able to explore the ARC ministry, the adult rehabilitation uh, centers um, in the South. Uh, but due to my husband's uh, illness, uh, he has had um, two kidney transplants. We're kind of put on a, on a waiting list, if, if we, could, we could call it that. Um, so after the second transplant, we pray about it and, and ask again. And the Lord is so gracious. Um, and of course, the leadership in Atlanta uh, entrusted us with uh, the adult rehabilitation ministry. And um, so we came here. We were appointed here a year and a half ago. So we came in uh, June of 2019 to Charlotte, North Carolina. A beautiful place, beautiful center. We follow some very, very uh, capable officers. So it wasn't difficult to come in and right away um, start working and learning and uh we're newbies into this ministry but we are having so much fun it's just so great it's heartbreaking and uh rewarding uh so we we just we look forward to many more years but especially to learn more about um this ministry and and uh and everything that encompasses so um yeah we're very excited we're having tons of fun <laughs> yeah well that's a very special uh, special ministry we hope to delve into that a little bit later if we can, but tell us, you know, you're, you've launched now the, these uh, Spanish speaking, um, the, the Spanish articles in the war cry under the heading Como 2. What are your goals in reaching Spanish speaking readers with it in the war cry? So there, there is about 40 million people, roughly about 13% of our population, U.S. residents, that speak Spanish at home. If they speak Spanish at home, that means it is close to them. Even if they, if they, um, if they speak or not uh, English, that's, that's, that's another point. But that means that they're comfortable with that language um, and they rather read and worship in that language. And so it, always, uh, it was always a dream of mine to be able to reach out uh, to immigrants uh, or even non-immigrants. They're second and third generation uh, Hispanics living in this country. They, they still speak Spanish at home. And so they consider that the first language, if you will. And so it, 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 is, it is a great opportunity to be able to reach them in their language, to discover things about God and to discover things about the Bible. And the goal of this column, I entitled it Like You, Como Tu, it's like that we can find ourselves in the scriptures. We can find people with our same struggles, our same difficulties, our same joys, goals, and dreams. And we can see um, how we can 
uh, live within God's will uh, by reading and learning from this character. Sometimes I think we put some Bible characters on a pedestal. And uh, at the end of the day, there were people just like us uh, learning learning from God and trying to live their, their lives by God's standard. And, um, and I think just by bringing that, that, that idea that we can be like them, como tu, so those uh, characters can be just like us. And, and that was the goal, to make it a really not very deep, Theologically, just a very practical column to just get readers uh, uh, excited about reading the scriptures as something that is relevant today. It might have happened 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, but it is relevant. Their stories, uh, their lives, uh, their lessons are relevant today to the immigrant community in the United States. I think it's a telling uh, statistic that you just said that 40 million people in America, and I think, Jeff, what is it, 330 million uh, people live in the United States? 40 million uh, have the uh, the ability to write, speak uh, with the, the beautiful Sp- Spanish language. And one of our challenges has been over the years is that we uh, don't have the infrastructure or the finances to produce the war cry, every issue of the war cry in Spanish, uh, in the Spanish language. So this, uh, Jeff, as we had discussed uh, several months ago, this was an opportunity for us to consider how we can, ex- how we can um bring our, our, our Latino family uh, in. We've had a lot of feedback from uh, different officers and different people throughout the, the country about making sure that we're, we're including uh, our, our Spanish readers and, and uh, writers. So I'm really pleased with the direction that we're going with this particular uh, column, uh, Jeff. Yeah. And boy, we appreciate the life that Major News bringing to it. Um, and so it just... Um, I think about immigrants coming to the country and how, what a challenge it must be to become acculturated in this world. The world itself is so complicated for everyone, but immigrants are so challenged. Um, And at the same time, we're becoming more sensitive to different cultural traditions. How best to relate to this uh, group and be respectful and appreciative of their cultural tradition and outlook, Major New, would you say? Uh, Well, it's it's, uh, very important to ask questions. not never assume uh, we may um, speak the same language, which we do. We don't have. Uh, uh, it's interesting. It, it makes me smile a little bit when people say, "So which dialect do you speak? Cuban dialect?" <laughs> and I said, "No, no, it's one language. We just have different accents." Uh, it would be the same as asking, yeah, asking a uh, somebody from Australia, you know, so what kind of English do you speak? Well, I speak English with an Australian accent, so it's the same uh, for us. But we do have. Um, rich backgrounds, different backgrounds, different uh, ancestries, they, they, you know, they, they spread out because of uh, the, those, those Spaniards that move into Latin America and, and um, mixed in with the natives, uh, um, Latinos. Uh, and so, you know, it's just different. Um, we may look different, but we speak the same language, but we have different traditions and uh, we different countries. We have different flags, different uh, national anthems. Uh, uh, so different heroes that 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 we respect and um, and love their memory. So um, I think it's important to 
to ask questions. So when we are introduced to a group of uh, Latinos or Hispanics, whichever term uh, you like more, I, I particularly like the word, the word Latino, but uh, uh, it's important to ask questions, to find out. So where you come, where is your ancestry? Uh, uh, were you born here? Sometimes because we see a last name, we assume, oh, they must be immigrants. And no, it could be uh, some people in South Texas have been here longer than uh, uh, some uh, Caucasians that I know um, because they're fifth, sixth generation. Um, they, they were born in that land. So um, I think it's really important. The first the first step is always to ask questions, to, to be willing to learn. I think all cultures appreciate so much when people are interested in, in, in their culture and their traditions. And, and of course, be, be respectful. I, I, I'll tell you a little, a little funny story, if you, if you allow me. Many, many years ago, I was at a core. I'm not going to mention the place or the office because <laughs> I don't want to get in that's trouble. That's safe. That's but, safe. <laughs> right? Right. But I was at a core many years ago, and uh, I was a single officer right then. Um, I was a single mom. And uh, this officer came in and said, so, Ruth, uh, what are you doing today? Partying or anything like that? And I'm like, partying? What do you mean? You know, I'm going to say, I just go home after this. It's for the office. I go home. And he's like, no, but you know, it's Cinco de Mayo. And I have been in the country barely for like two, three years. I didn't know any, what Cinco de Mayo meant. Um, and so I said, Cinco de Mayo, what is that? He's like, well, you know, it's the Mexican independence. And so I'm like, am I Mexican major? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no way it gets better. He said, oh, no, 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 of course not. But is it all the same? <laughs> Oh goodness! So, yeah, it didn't offend me at all. It was just so funny to me. So I'm like, you cannot say that. But I think sometimes we don't even, you know, people don't even mean it. Um, they just assume. So the best thing, re really, with any culture, is just uh, to just to ask questions and be genuinely interested. And people don't only appreciate that, but they just they just love it. Yeah. But well, it's it, it's it really is a matter of respect. And when we think about the Salvation Army, we, we don't we can't think of it in a vacuum because we are an international uh, organization. We're all over the place in many languages and 130 plus countries and on and on. And Jeff, you know that before uh, my wife and I came here to national headquarters, we were divisional leaders out in Central California. And we, we had uh, at least, I think it was seven Latino speaking uh, core and there, every one of them was different. And I think, I think you, uh, Major New, you kind of hit it on, on the head there that there, you may speak the same language, but there is a heritage and a culture and a background. Uh, the uh, uh, Nicaragua is different from Honduras and how mm -hmm. people think and the, and the food and all those sorts yeah. of things. So I like the idea of where you're going with this, that you're trying to make sure that people relate to these Bible characters and understanding it in Bible context, but even in their own context and expanding the appreciation there, I think is really good. Yeah. And, you know, you, you've let us know that the folks from those parts of the world are very proud of their, their, their countries and their traditions, yes. and right, rightly so. And you know, I've heard lately that you know, with immigration to the United States, it's like we have an opportunity to share the gospel with the world in our own way because of 
uh, our multicultural tradition. And of course, the Army is so good at that. It's a wonderful feature. Yeah. I think well, this is can't... a great vehicle with, uh, I'm sorry, I no, was no, just going to say um, that column, um, that not the column comma two, but the other column where we highlight a country. So it's, it's so important. It's very, it's very short, very concise. We just talk about a specific country in Latin America and highlight a, um, a Salvation Army um, figure and uh, put a little recipe because it is important to see ourselves um, yeah, for, for a culture to understand and to, to be appreciated. It's so great to see our, to see ourselves on stage, to see ourselves represented in books and literature in music. And so it's the same in the church. And so, uh, I look forward to, to Spanish speaking people picking up the magazine opening and saying, Oh my gosh, um, they have a Chilean recipe this month. I wonder what's next month. Um, I'm going to look for mine. Uh, it'd be great if they put, or, or even if they disagree, that's not my favorite from Chile. You know, um, I think, I think it's just so important to see ourselves. me as an immigrant, I can say so important. So wonderful to see myself and my people represented somehow in every medium, all the mediums. So um, that's what we wanted to go about um, in that way. I should point out really quickly that the, your uh, columns are available online and can be shared uh, online through um, you know sharing on social media. And I, I can't wait to see what when when we come around to the World Cup time, what you have to say. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> Is that this year? I know the Olympics are. I didn't know the World Cup was this year. I, I don't know. Is it? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if World Cup is, but we know that football in uh, in Latin America and in, in Hispanic and yeah, I mean it's it's, it's crazy. super important. It's it crazy. Important. Yeah. It's, it's it's yeah. It's part of their identity, to be honest. Not so much in the Caribbean, so we don't have a lot of a lot of uh, soccer in, in Cuba. It's more baseball, but in Latin America, it's yeah, it's super important. Major, one of our goals in uh, uh, kind of it's 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 an unspoken goal, but one of our goals is 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 developing writers. Uh, I happen to have been given the opportunity many years ago from one of our most popular editors, uh, Major Henry Garropy, uh, to to I was kind of like how you were. I was given an opportunity to write something on a regular basis, and that kind of shaped my own writing abilities and my interest, and gave voice. Uh, and I, I learned a particular style, and I I write in a certain way. I'm just wondering how have you over the years developed your own writing and and perhaps editorial skills and talents that that have brought you to this this point. Well, I was uh, born into a family of readers. Um, I started reading even before going to school, um, not really reading, but I would memorize the books. And so it, it seemed like I was reading at four years old, but I actually memorized from my parents reading so much to me and uh, um, have an older brother who's an avid reader and writer. He started writing poetry very, very early in his life. And of course, uh, as a younger younger sibling, I started imitating him and discovered a love for poetry too. So I started writing poetry, maybe about ten years old. Um, then discovering my own reading uh, development, discovering short stories, and so I started reading. I started writing little short stories here and there. Um, won a couple of competitions in sc in school in Cuba uh, with short stories. Um, I started re writing plays for as as I grew in my reading. Uh, development, um, I started uh, writing uh, plays because of 
church and youth groups and doing passion plays and uh, things like that. So um, that was so very amateur. Um, but, it, but it developed in me a, a love for writing and, and a love for the written word. And of course, the more I read, the more um, accomplished in an amateur way. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if accomplish is the right word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, I became no, a little it's, bit better. It's all, it's all part of the development. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what we tell people. They say, well, what's the secret to writing? It's write. Writing. <laughs> it's writing. And um, write widely. Kind of because you you've you've been you you've just mentioned you're you've written scripts and you've written yeah. columns mm-hmm. and paragraphs and sermons and et cetera. Now, as I got older, um, I really went away from short stories and um, and plays and concentrating on the poetry because um, po- poetry is e- comes easily when you're really, really, you know, devastated. <laughs> things things are not going that well for some reason. Mm-hmm. Just words just just uh, spring forth, and uh, there was a time in my life that was really, really difficult because uh, um, I became a single single mom and all that. And I, I wrote I wrote some of my best stuff there. Not not that published or anything. It's just uh, for uh, personal, you know, enjoyment uh, and. Uh, and then I, as I started studying here in the United States, then I discovered, well, I'm sorry, as I came here to the United States, I started reading in English, which is a brand new thing, and discovering another language and the beauty of the written word in another language. And um, that was a new thing then for me to start writing. And the first things, of course, I started writing were sermons, because that's what I was doing. And I realized, oh my gosh, I was a storyteller in Spanish, but I can also do it in English with God's help because um, my vocabulary was limited. But the more I read in English, the more vocabulary I gained. And by the time I was able to go back to school, I was able to write in English. I couldn't believe it. God is so good. It just is mm. miracles. And uh, to the point now that I, I consider myself as fluent in English uh, that I was in Spanish, I was a little scared, Colonel when you called me and asked me to write in Spanish, I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't written in Spanish in 20 years. <laughs> I have <laughs> forgotten. So I had to go refresh grammar and, uh, and, and do some refresh. Of course it's there in the back of my mind. It's, it's there, it's never gonna go away. Um, but it, it was interesting that I have already, I'm, I'm so immersed in the English language uh, that I had to like re, uh, revisit uh, the Spanish. Um, but um, but I'm I'm able now to to write in in, in English and write articles for for school work, uh, but nevertheless, it's you know um, articles. And but I haven't been able to to get back to um, writing poetry because I am happy. <laughs> so evidently, I only write poetry when I'm all happy, and I yeah. can have a of me sit down and come up with something. Um, so. Um, well, let, let's make it clear that yeah. the genre of poetry is not just when we're in the dark spaces. I, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've read some good, happy Dr. Susie kind of poetry. But for me, <laughs> I can't write poetry when I'm happy. So hopefully for other people, it, it, it's different. But I, I'm just so looking forward to developing a little bit here as a writer with this opportunity with the war cry and, and see where God takes it. Well, and, and, and we'll kind of trap you right here too, because we don't want to just uh, stereotype and pigeonhole you in, into writing for this, but we're also in our publications, we're, we're looking for manuscripts uh, for Crest Books and, you know, we're trying to expand our um, 
the the genre and uh, gender and experience, uh, you know. So we we are looking for, you know, English uh, English written material, especially from anointed uh, women of God. Uh, we think that's really really important. Yeah, that's an important consideration. <laughs> but, you know, you're right. Writing can be a catharsis. It can be a way to logically work through problems or issues that you're dealing with. Um, and it's a craft. And we applaud you for keeping on schedule so far. And, uh, you know, you know what it takes. You know, um, hard writing makes for easy reading. And we appreciate your efforts. What um, what, are you, what are your plans for the column in the future? Do you have any... Um, ideas percolating yeah i have a um i already have um the uh ideas for um the next issue i, I believe it will be because um i think april is the easter issue um so i have uh, down may and then i'm really excited because i have an interview planned uh with a lady from maryland and she's uh, from ecuador and i'm really excited because uh, she's younger, newer into the army from um, from actually the, the Eastern Territory, and I'm just uh, excited of uh, of uh, hearing from her. And and it is great that I'm doing this also on a per for personally. I am learning a lot. I'm learning uh, about their countries and their rich heritage, how they have come to meet the Lord, how they have come to the Salvation Army. And uh, I'm also um, learning about their favorite recipe. So that's that's not a bad thing either. Um, so um, for the for the column Como Tu, which is like you, like the Bible characters, um, I have I've chosen a woman and a man from the Old Testament and the New Testament. They are not well known, except for the first one, Abraham. I was kind of like, um, it's something that I, that that specific one about Abraham was something that the Lord had given me a message a long time ago. And I just wanted to put it in writing, but then I quickly went into um, not too well-known characters of the old and new Testament. Um, and so I'm choosing a man and a woman uh, so forth. Um, I, I probably won't be able to cover uh, a lot. It's, it's like 10, I think uh, uh, 10 issues uh, that, because we don't count the Easter and the Christmas. Um, and again, it's only going to be 10 nations from Latin America. So a lot of nations are not going to be able to be covered. But um, but I think 10 is, is, is a lot. And um, I'm happy to to see where this is going. And I'm happy. I would love to hear some responses from people to see if, they're, um, if the Lord is speaking to them, um, if they're excited to see themselves and printed in the magazine and through their country's name or flag or uh, uh, a, a simple recipe. So looking forward to hearing some, some feedback. Well, we would appreciate any of our listeners, if you could turn to that section of the war cry, give us your thoughts, especially if you read Spanish, uh, that would be helpful. Uh, mm -hmm. But we we're really grateful for what we're seeing. And we're, we're grateful that you're part of our production team. And as Jeff, Jeff said, it's, uh, it's great. You're hitting our deadlines. And as you can imagine, we know that you're busy. You and your husband have a, a tremendous uh, work that you're doing uh, with the men and women of the ARC. We we're grateful for you taking the extra time to do this uh, and, and uh, giving your voice 
and giving what's on your heart. And I guess one of my last uh, questions for you, Major, mm-hmm. would be, uh, what are what are some of the burdens that are on your own heart from what you're seeing in the world today, and and uh, as you move in and out with the people that you're you're ministering to? Well, um, many of the people that we minister to in the ARC, at least in Charlotte, that's our experience in Charlotte, um, are African-Americans. And so um, through the events that have perspired in this last year, 2020, um, not only with COVID and everything else, um, we have been able to reach out to this community who many of them are hurt or they feel alienated or um, even discriminated against. And as an immigrant, I have some point of contact with with them. And uh, but both of us, uh, Rick and I, have been able to just embrace just 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 because and um, and just show them that um, God's love. Sorry, I got a little emotional, <laughs> but uh, we had just been able to show them what God loves looks, looks like. And it's not about words; it's about it's about love. It's about just hugging them. It's about letting them know that um, they have made, they may have been let down in the past, but we are going to do everything we can to show God's love through our actions. And uh, I tell you, serving in the ARC is such a humbling, humbling ministry. And I'm so blessed that we've been given this opportunity uh, to reach out to to people and give them second and third and four chances. I, I don't care how many, because that's uh, there are infinite amount of chances that the Lord gives us. So um, it's it's been tough, um, especially this past year, but it's been it's it's been so rewarding um, to be able to see them also reach out and to be able to pray with them at the height of uh, uh, the protests and all that was happening and come together uh, as a as a as a community uh, in the center. And and just pray and 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 have one mind um, actually and uh, and speak freely uh, and speak words of forgiveness and acceptance. It, it has been it has been very it has brought a lot of healing. And so I'm thankful to God for even the hard times because it's allowed us to really be instruments of of love. And um, I'm forever thankful uh, for that. Well, we are indebted to you. Uh, We thank you for taking a few moments today out of your very busy schedule to uh, join us here on our podcast. And certainly for what you're doing, uh, kind of on the side in the quiet where nobody sees uh, how your heart, you're preparing your heart and how the words are flowing from your pen and that you're, you're getting them to us. We're, we're very excited. So thank you for uh, what you are doing, and and thank you to your husband too for uh, letting you kind of come out and play with the <laughs> all the in the publishing field a little bit. Jeff, is there any thank other you. questions or or any other thing that you'd like to ask? Uh, no, I just here? really appreciate you know the opportunity to speak with you and to get a sense of your vision and heart, and um, also you know we do want to reach these new audiences uh, the spanish speaking audiences with the message of the gospel so thank you for all you do in that regard and thank you all for allowing this opportunity uh, this this was fun yeah i think i've done radio once and uh, it was 
during Christmas season. So this is a little bit, it's a little bit more fun to be able to talk about this. But thank you, thank you, Colonel and Jeff and Elizabeth as well. Thank you all. You're welcome. Well, that was Major Ruth New, and we appreciate all that she's doing. We encourage you to check out the new column in the War Cry, Como Two. And we will be looking forward to some great stories and great recipes also uh, as we come along uh, throughout this next year. Well, that's going to end this episode of the Fight for Good podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on the, the War Cry and Peer Magazine on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember that the War Cry is available to you free of charge. It's all online, www.thewarcry.org, where you could pick up a copy at a Salvation Army Center near you, or you could subscribe for a buck a month. It's still a great deal. And we would be happy to have this magazine given to you. Also, we encourage you to read uh, Peer Magazine for Generation Z and the Alpha Generation, the, the youngsters out there. That's at peermag.org. You can subscribe to that magazine there as well. Don't forget to listen to our sister podcast, The Battle Lines with Captains Matt and Jamie Satterley. They're diving into youth culture and lots of different things. It's it's a lot of fun. Jeff, I'll say The Battle Line Culture, uh, The Battle Line Podcast, they talk a lot over there. They do. <laughs> for love, those to young get, kids. love to ramp it up. <laughs> those little kids. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, you send me their thing to edit and to listen to, and I'm like, man, this is really long. Good chatter. <laughs> a lot of good chatter, a lot of good stuff, and we appreciate the Saturdays very much. Well, until next time, this has been the Fight for Good podcast. Bye for now. Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.